Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Well, good evening. And uh, kind of uh, different arrangements, isn't it? But uh, adapt and overcome, Yahweh says, adapt and overcome. And so that's just what we're doing. The spring of the year, a new year is upon us. We're turning over a brand new year. You know, man had their new year about five months ago, four months ago, something like that. And uh, they celebrated a new year with nothing new. What's new in January? What is new January 1st? Nothing. The grass is all dead yet. The leaves on the trees are gone. The ones that are there are all shriveled up and brown. The flowers haven't come out yet. There's no flowers. So what's new? Nothing. Even the animals that hibernate, they're smarter than man. They're still hibernating. They haven't, they haven't woke up yet. So there's really nothing new in January, is there? But you look out now, you look outside now and people are cutting their grass and the grass is growing, it's beautiful green. You look at the trees and the leaves are coming out on the trees. So, uh, flowers are starting to pop up here and there. And the animals that were asleep all year, they're waking up. They're waking up with the leaves and the flowers and the grass. Yes, definitely a brand new year. Everything is beginning new right now. Yahweh's new year. Not man's new year, Yahweh's new year. So goes man. Once again, trying to improve on perfection. How can you prove on something that's perfect? It's impossible, but man keeps trying. Man is always changing things according to his understanding. Makes no difference what the scripture says. It's what man understands. You know that old saying, well, here's what the scripture says. Now let me tell you what it means. And that's where we're at with a lot of this now. Take, for instance, Passover. We just had Passover just a couple days ago. And yet I have people say, well, you took Passover on the wrong time. You're supposed to take Passover at the end of the 14th. You do it at the beginning of the 14th. That's wrong. And I said, well, wait a minute. How can that be? Well, Passover is the killing of the lamb. The killing of the lamb. When you kill the lamb, you fulfill the Passover. So if you kill the lamb before the 14th is over, then you fulfill Passover on the 14th. Well, I'll tell you what. I've looked at the word kill, killed, and killing Passover. It's found eight times in the scripture. Exodus 12, 21, 
2 Chronicles 30.15, 30.17, 35.1, 36.6, Chronicles 35.11, in Mark 14.12, and in Luke 22.7. So when you kill the Passover lamb, that's Passover. After all, is it not called the Passover lamb? Well, tell me something. Is the law of Moses Moses' law? Is this, it isn't Yahweh's law anymore? For after all, they call it the law of Moses. <laughs> I, uh, I counted 15 times in the Old Testament, 15 times along before I quit counting, where it said that Passover is on the 14th. So I guess the question now is, what is the scriptural definition of Passover? Not what does man think it is. What does scripture say it is? Is there some place we can turn to in the scripture? Is there a simple explanation, something that everybody can understand without any problems, where you don't have to look behind it or alongside of it or under it or over it, just read it and does it, yeah, I think there is. And it's in the 12th chapter of the book of Exodus. In verse 26 and 27, it says, And it shall come to pass when your children shall say to you, what is this service, Passover? Then you shall say, it's the sacrifice of Yahweh's Passover, who passed over the house of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. Very simple explanation. Yahweh's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel. Is that what Yahweh said? Are, are these people telling their children right? Well, let's read back here what Yahweh actually said. Again, the book of Exodus, chapter 12, starting in verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both men, beasts, and against all the mighty ones of Egypt, I will execute judgment, for I am Yahweh. That's an important part. He, he smote all the mighty ones of Egypt also, all those false deities that they had. And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, the blood causes the Passover. The blood is the thing that causes the Passover. You can't have the cure before you have the disease. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at that right now. We have a pandemic, and we have no cure for it. you got to have the disease first. The disease is the death angel. 
The cure is the lamb's blood. So you've got to have the disease before you have the cure. And I think that the 12th chapter here where we read where the parents were telling their children what this Passover means, that's a perfect, that's a perfect explanation. You might say, well, Pete, is it possible that you have a second witness to this? This passing over uh, definition you have? And I, and, I, and I believe, yeah, I believe there is a second, uh, a second uh, witness. Over in the book of uh, Isaiah, and the 32nd chapter, Yahweh's talking about saving Jerusalem the same way he saved Israel. In the 32nd chapter, or 31st chapter, I'm sorry, Isaiah 31, 5, it says, And birds, as the birds fly, now we know the birds fly over, they're above. As the birds fly, so will Yahweh of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it, and passing over it, he will preserve it. Passing over it. So in order to do it the other way, what you have to do is you have to change the definition of Passover. And you can't do that. The killing of the lamb and the using of the blood is what caused the Passover. It wasn't the Passover. You have to have the disease before you have the cure. That death angel at midnight, that was the disease, and that blood, that was the cure. So we're starting this new year right now, Yahweh's new year. Everything is being born anew again. Not January 1st, but the spring holy days. You have the holy days in the spring that begin to start the year. You have the holy days in the summer, uh, Feast of Unleavened, Passover and Unleavened Bread. And then you have uh, a Feast of Weeks in the middle of the summer. And then in the fall, at the end of the year, you have... Uh, uh, Tabernacles, you have the, the fall festivals. And Yahweh has it set up perfectly. If we'd only, only be willing to understand and go by his calendar, we wouldn't have any problems. So we're starting our new year, and, and uh, we have Passover, and now we're into the days of unleavened bread, and we're told that we have to get all the leavening out of our homes. But you realize, of course, that that's... That's just symbolic. That's a symbolic gesture. We go through the house and we take all the leavening out. We clean out our refrigerator, our, our freezer, our cupboards, uh, the, po the toaster. Um, I don't mess with the toaster. I put it in a plastic bag and put it out on the porch. I just get rid of it for, for a week. But that's all symbolic. The place we're supposed to get the leavening out of, the house that we got to get the leavening out of, is this house. This house that we, we live in, 
this house. We're supposed to dig deep within ourselves and get rid of all those little bits of leveling that, that's, been, that's been holding up down there in them shadows all these years that we've kind of overlooked. You know, when you stop to think about it, we, we have quite an amazing Elohim. Uh, he's, uh, he gives us the opportunity each year to start over. We can start over every year with his new year. We can start our lives over every year. We can do everything, get rid of everything that was bad, everything that we did, we thought about, get rid of all of it. We ask for forgiveness, and he's faithful, and he hears us. He hears our pleas, and he forgives us. But what about us? Do we do the same? We're quick to ask for forgiveness. Please forgive me, Yahweh. But don't expect me to forgive that so-and-so over there. That'd be asking too much of me. We forget what it says in Matthew 6, chapter 12. Yeah, here it is. Yahweh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us as we forgive. Two little words can really have a heavy meaning to them. In other words, I'm willing to do for my fellow man what I'm asking you to do for me. Now that, that's, not, that's not asking too much, is it? I mean, when we ask Yahweh for something, we ought to be able to do what we're asking for. It's easy to ask for forgiveness. That's, that's, that's only the beginning, the first half. The other half is the hard one. That's to do the forgiving. The thing we forget about is Yahweh is always fair. In the seventh chapter of Matthew... Verse 1, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. 
for the for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and what you measure out will be measured back to you again. Do you realize how important that is? Do you realize how, how important those words are to you? Do you know what it's really saying? Do you understand what those words really mean to you? It says you are in charge of your own destiny. For what you give, you're going to get. When Paul was talking to the Philippians over in the second chapter, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, be as you have always obeyed me in my presence only, but now must much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. You know the kind of fear I'm talking about? You remember back in the Old Testament when the Israelites went to the bottom of the mountain and Yahweh spoke and they sat there and they shivered. And they called Moses and they said, Moses, from now on, you go and talk to him. And then you come back and tell us what he said. That's the kind of fear I'm talking about. That's the kind of fear you have to work out. So you're in charge of your own destiny. Well, we're good at talking. We're good at saying things. But how about doing? You're walking out of the grocery store with two great big bags of grocery. And this poor fellow comes up to you and he says, Mister, I haven't had anything to eat for days and days and days. Can you help me out? And you look at him and you say, we always blessings be on you. And you walk away and put your groceries in your car and go home. I guarantee you that didn't help his belly any. Maybe it would have been better if you'd have reached in that bag and said, here, here's a loaf of bread. And here's a package of beef bologna. You make yourself some sandwiches to eat. And here's some cookies for dessert. And here's a bottle of water to wash it down with. And I guarantee you, that Yahweh will pay you back for that sandwich and those cookies and that bottle of water. Not just walking away saying, oh, Yahweh, blessings be on you. We have to do. We can't just say. Talk is cheap. If, if Yahweh treated us that way, what would we think? So being in charge of your own destiny is really kind of scary, isn't it? Because you're not going to have anybody to blame but yourself as for what you do and what happens to you. What happens when we go in that line and we're walking through that line and we're going into that kingdom? Yahshua taps each one on the shoulder and says, Good job, good and faithful servant. 
And when it comes to you, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, good job, good, well, servant? Or is he going to hit the reject button and the door opens and you're going to go, that's it, that's going to be done? It's scary. You bet it is. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That way nobody to mess with. You read that Old Testament, you see how he treated those people that went against him. He don't play games. You look at the world today at what's going on. Yahweh's speaking and nobody's listening. You look at what's going on right here in this country and around the world with this pandemic. And there's floods. And there's fires. The world is in bad shape. Everything is happening. Yahweh's talking and nobody's listening. I've been watching, been watching what's going on over in Israel in the United States where the president is working with Israel and the Palestinians trying to get this peace process going. I personally believe, now this is me personally, I personally believe if they get that peace treaty signed, that'll be the beginning of the last seven years. When they say peace, peace, but there won't be any peace. Three and a half years in, it'll all fall apart. You watch what's going on out in the world. You're always, try, you're always trying to wake people up to something. To his people, it's a brand new, a brand new year. And we should rejoice in this year, even though there's all this trouble about. We should rejoice in the fact that we have, we still have a lot. Every morning when I wake up, I open that door. The very first thing I do is I open that door up and I say, thank you, Yahweh, for another day. And I don't care what kind of pandemic there is going on out in the world. He's given me another day to live. And I, in my old way, I try to do things to help people out, but I'm kind of, hampered right now, but I used to. Do, not talk. Do. Small word, D-O, do. Help your fellow man out. I heard a man one time that wasn't religious say, the only Bible some people might read is you. And that's true. People watch you. People see what you do. Oh yeah, that's one of them people that studies and reads their Bible all the time. What does he do? How does he act? How does he live? Do. And Paul is saying here, work out your own salvation. And do it whether I'm there or not. You don't just do it when I'm around. You don't look good, just look good when I'm around, even when I'm not there or when, that, when that no one's there. You know, people always try to put on something when there's people around. But then when there's nobody there, they don't think, hey, Yahweh's always there. Yahshua's always standing there watching. You can bet your life those two are always there. 
He sees you all the time. Or I should say they see you all the time. You can't put on airs just some time. Because you can't hide from Yahweh and Yahshua. It's impossible. So it's the beginning of the year, the new year. And we should be rejoicing in that. For the leaves on the trees and the grass and the flowers and the animals. We should be rejoicing for all that. We have another another year beginning to, to start off with Yahweh's spring holy days. So we can enjoy life and see what he's got for us. Go out into the world. See what's going on. See if you can help somebody along the way. See if you can pass Yahweh's word along to someone. See if you can bring somebody to the understanding that, hey, Yahweh's talking to us. Are we listening? Look at what's going on around the world. Are we listening? Every year we have that opportunity. So with this new year coming on in this Days of Unleavened Bread, this new beginning, I hope we're taking advantage of it. I hope we're getting rid of all that old leavening that we had. We're starting over brand new. You know, you don't know what you have until you start looking, start remembering what you might have said, what you might have done, who you might have said it or done it to. Surprise people. Apologize. You know something? I can remember twice in my life where I apologized for something I didn't do. But you know why I did it? Because it was worth saving a friendship. Yep. They thought I had done it, but I really didn't. They thought I'd said it, but I really didn't. But I apologized for it, and the friendship flurried. But if I'd have held that back and argued and said, oh, I didn't say that, I didn't do that, probably wouldn't be friends with those people today. That happened a long, long time ago, but I'm still friends with those people. Way back in the beginning of my career in, in, in the assembly. Yahweh gives us every chance that we have to clean up and get started over, to make ourselves ready. That's what life is all about, you know. You know, this life is nothing more than a preparation for what's to come. People make it so that this is all there is. Well, I tell you, if this is all there is, <laughs> I wish I wouldn't even got here. But this is not all there is. This is only a preparation for what's to come. And what's to come is that life in the kingdom with Yahweh and Yahshua. That's what we should be thinking. That's how we should be thinking. That this, this is nothing more than a dress rehearsal. The main plays comes at the end. 
So, I mean, it doesn't make, you know, people want to gather up all this stuff while they're here. What are you going to do with it when you leave? It's going to stay here. You can't take it with you. This is nothing more than a preparation for what's to come. And what's to come is that thing that Yahweh promised us, that life in the kingdom with him and his son. No more pain, no more sorrow. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I really don't mind getting old. That's not, that hasn't, if I could just get old with all that other stuff that comes along with it. You know, the falling down, the hurting, the eyes that can't see too good anymore, you got to squint. The ears, right? what? You keep, keep going and saying, what? What did you say? If we could do away with all that stuff, I wouldn't mind getting old. But I put up with it because I want what's coming. I want what Yahweh promised us, that, that big prize at the end. Like Paul said, I've ran the race. And I hope when I get to the end of that race that I qualify. You know, I've said many a times that I would prefer and rather be a doorkeeper in the kingdom of Yahweh than a prince here on this earth. Because I understand what these, wor these, what these words say. I know what's coming. And I love and pray that I'm going to be, that I can be there. If I've said anything today that has any help to you at all, then thank Yahweh for giving me these words to share with you. He's the one that deserves the, the praise and the credit for it. Because all things come from Him. And I'd like to go before the throne of grace now and finish with a prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, almighty Yahweh, thank you, Father, so much for this new year, for this new life that you've given us, an ability to start all over again. Get rid of all the old leavening. Get rid of all the things that we did in the past that we were sorry for. To say, I'm sorry, when we have to. To say, forgive me, when we have to. And pray that you'll forgive us when we come to you and ask for forgiveness. Thank you, Father Yahweh, for everything. For that new growth of grass and the new leaves on the trees and the flowers. And for the new life you give us, Father Yahweh, each and every day. I'm so grateful, Father, that you called me out of that mess out there. And I pray that my footsteps please you. You have to realize, though, I'm just a man and I make mistakes. But I love you with all my heart. And I'll walk the straight line the best I can and hope that you'll accept it at the end. And I ask, Father Yahweh, that you bless each and every one of the brethren in the assembly, that you be with them and you help them through these days of unleavened bread. Be with all the young children your protective hedge around them because they're so vulnerable. Father Yahweh, be with all our young people. 
That magnet that pulls them out there in the world is so strong. And they have to fight that every day. So be with them, Father Yahweh, and give them the strength to be able to overcome the pull that they're receiving. Be with all the sick and afflicted and touch them and heal them in a mighty way, Father Yahweh, so that all can be well with them. Be with all your children, no matter where they may be. Be with all the assemblies that are celebrating these feast days. And Yahweh, thank you for all things, and most of all, your beloved Son, because without him, we wouldn't even have the ability to come before you and ask for these things. But because he so loved the world, you gave us that opportunity. He died for our sins. It was his blood. It's his blood that I want on my doorpost and mantle. I want the second death to pass over me with Yahshua's blood. And I ask all of this in the name of our Savior, Yahshua. Hallelujah. <laughs>